uh, if you could tell what was going to happen just by pulling up the instat and sending our obscene amount of money to uh, Russia by way of Ireland. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't even oh, watch yeah. hockey anymore. I just look at CSV files all day, and it's just like, mm, what a beautiful goal that was. So you can read the data like the Matrix now? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I, I can't. My computer might be able to soon, but I, I'm not that smart. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 11 of season four of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guide. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Matt Cavender. Hello, everyone. Uh, this week, since we're down two of our normal hosts while they enjoy Bandon Dunes or Europe, we reached out to Zach Oftenbergy. You nailed to discuss it. Nailed Instat it. and our analytical deep dives. Thanks for joining us, Augie. Yeah, of course. You know, happy to fill in. You know, which is like our defense. Uh, you're running a little short this week, so someone's got to <laughs> step up. And I guess I'm uh, Frank Devorney. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's one way to look at it. It's not the first time his name's come up in this podcast. Let's see. On top of the instat and analytical stuff, we're going to recap the Michigan uh, Minnesota State series. We'll touch on the Jagger Joshua situation, highlight uh, anything that popped from the Joe show. Where, did either of you get to listen today? I didn't get a I chance. Did. Uh, nothing stuck out to me that was like super interesting, but we'll see. And then preview the series with Northern Michigan. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Otherwise, I think that's pretty good. I think that's a nice little think. Think it's a nice little uh, schedule for the podcast this week. We'll 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 see how it goes. All right, let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsors, and we'll be we'll be back to chat with Augie. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkeydental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. All right, welcome back. Let's get right into things about Instat and analytics. Uh, Matt was the big press to get us access to Instat last year after kind of being told by the league that we couldn't do it through them. Thankfully, he pushed hard enough and we got a hold of the people at Instat in Russia and uh, got it figured out and we have an account, so we've been trying to use it. And uh, yeah. All right. It is important to note that while Instat is a Russian-owned company, the people that we deal with okay. are in Ireland. In Ireland? Like, okay. Yes. So 
Yes, oh, so they're so, using it for a tax haven. Got it. Okay. I I I get. I don't know how to make this sound any better. To be honest with you, all I know is, all I know is when I found out that there was advanced statistics that we could, in theory, get access to. I was like, we need to do that. And when I told Augie, he's like, I want to take this and run. And that is the extremely abridged version of how we got to analytics with Augie. Perhaps the best content on Tech Hockey Guide right now. Well, I, I, uh, I, I obviously, I completely agree. And a lot of it comes down to my favorite Brewers and Packers podcast are analytics heavy. They're always driven by backing up what you say with what the math says, whatever it is. Uh, my One of my favorite guys is uh, Paul Noonan. He goes by Badger Noonan on Twitter. He has basically invented his own stats to try and analyze college players to see how good they are to translate to the pros. Now I don't expect us to go there, but we're getting, (laughs) we're getting to the point of being able to back up what we say with, with numbers. Like it all kind of started last year. I think the St. Thomas series was kind of one of the first times we really got numbers. And I started telling everybody like, look, here's the expected goals. Which night do you think was which? And it's backwards from what happened on as far as goals scored, because we created a bunch. We didn't allow a lot, but they happened to score on them. And that happens sometimes in hockey. That's why hockey is a beautiful game, because if your goalie shows up and saves some makes some saves that you wouldn't expect them to. You can win a game much like we tied on uh I'd say Saturday night this this week, right? Where, yep. where Tech, Tech no right found a way to, to score some goals. <laughs> no had, right had, uh, yeah, they didn't really, they did not play, like they played a good game from a, like sat, Saturday night for long stretches was way better than the third period Friday. But at the same time. That's fair. Like it, it was more of a game like Minnesota state versus tech has been the last few years where tech needs to play more defensively, try and make sure that the shots that Minnesota state gets isn't quality and try and capitalize on their chances. And, and they did an okay job of that and found a way to stay in that game. Um, But yeah, it's really nice to have numbers to back up things and not just say, they lost five to two. They sucked. They won five to two. They were awesome. And those, like, it, it's much like how uh, I got into a Twitter argument with somebody over, uh, uh, I forget who it was now, but uh, I think it was human discourse. Yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I think I think Stuart Holden said something about thinking that Argentina is better this year as a team than they were in 2014 when they lost the World Cup final. And the guy's like, well, they didn't lose to Saudi Arabia in 2014. And I was like, until they lost to Saudi Arabia, they hadn't lost in like 35 straight matches. Like, and it's not like they played a bad game. They just didn't score. And Saudi Arabia scored more, like one more. So that stuff happens in sports like soccer and hockey, where where the, the goaltending can do so much to swing a game if they show up and and if the offense isn't creating quality scoring chances the shot totals can look lopsided when really there wasn't a huge threat on a lot of them because they were all taken not in in the in the dirty areas right the the hard ice yep. 
I think the bottom line of all of that is that analytics and numbers can tell us a lot about the games, why things happen, where you'll create the most success. But if you could tell what was going to happen in the whole game by looking at a spreadsheet, then we wouldn't play the games to begin with. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, uh, I think I think it's the right way to approach it because there is a lot to be learned from the analytics. There's a lot of validity to them. But uh, if you could tell what was going to happen just by pulling up the instat and sending our obscene amount of money to uh, Russia by way of Ireland. Then, yeah, I just I don't even watch know, hockey yeah. anymore. I just look at CSV files all day and it's just like, mm, what a beautiful goal that was. So you can read the data like the matrix now? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I, I can't. My computer might be able to soon, but I, I'm not that smart. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's a pretty good way of saying it is that Analytics are great for looking at a game and seeing kind of how, how they played and predicting more of how well they'll play in the future. Um, more so than being like, oh, well, they definitely like this is what the outcome of the game should have been like. Uh, yeah, like you can you can use it that way to say, oh, well, we had 3.4 expected goals versus their 2.9. So we should have won. But like you didn't. You didn't score. So like, that's what matters. Um, so that that's like kind of the old school mentality, which I actually agree with in a lot of ways, but where the analytics I think is most interesting is trying to predict um, how well people will do in the future um, and using things like expected goals and various other like possession and shot metrics. Uh, those are much more effective at predicting future success than just looking at you know how many goals you scored in the past um, yeah well it's it's basically much like a lot of this you can compare better to baseball because baseball has kind of been the leading edge of this where you have your your wrc plus and you have your der or what is the era one is it DR, dra um where you're trying to strip out what the stadium plays like you're trying to strip out the team you're playing and you're trying to say in the abstract how good were you and trying to show uh, you're trying to find a number that's better at predicting what the player will do the next month versus what he's done last month because so much of what happens is luck of like so his his a batting average on balls in play is really high which is unusual so he should get better over time than he is because it should regress to the mean the or more guess, yeah, stuff yeah. happens, right? Yeah, that's a, something that's super interesting to look at. Uh, I've not really done this with college hockey yet, but I've seen a lot of people do it for NHL. It's just looking at players on ice shooting percentage. And so that's not just like their shooting percentage, uh, but it's the shooting percentage of their team and the opponent's team while that individual player is on the ice. And that, <laughs> if you look at that stat, that explains so many heaters and slumps like you see a player who's like, oh, they're just like, they can't get anything to go for them. And you see, oh, their team on a shooting percentage is 3% right now. Like league average is eight or 9%. And then you see, you know, a guy coming out of the gate hot and he's got 15 goals in the first 20 games. It's like, oh my God, where did this guy come from? It's like, oh, well, his team on a shooting percentage is 25 right now. There's no way they're going to keep that up. Like if he does, he's the greatest player of all time, but he's not going to. Um so it's very similar to that. Um, a set that I, uh, thing that I really like, uh, kind of going towards what you're saying with the 
trying to adjust for other factors like who you're playing against, where you're playing. Uh, there's a, a statistic called RAPM, uh, regular adjusted plus minus, which before everyone comes at me and says I'm saying nice things about plus minus, it's not actually plus minus. Um, it's, it's trying to, it, I'm sure what it is, is it's trying to be, it's trying to create a number that looks like a plus minus to yeah. estimate a true plus minus, which is more, it's much like DR, the, the, the DRA where it's like, it looks like ERA, but it's not like yeah so it ends up kind of being similar in kind of scale to plus minus but it takes into account who you're playing with you know all every like shot that is taken with you on the ice without you on the ice um is factored in and then they use some really fancy math that i haven't really figured out how it works yet so that's why i haven't been able to do it myself (laughs) um to compare then all the different changes of like, okay, well, if this player's on the ice with these four other players, like all of those numbers are going to be the same, but then maybe they're on the, this first player is on the ice with four other players this other time. So now like you can use that to compare how they were with this group of four versus that group of four. And with a lot of math, you can do that to compare every player in the league to each other yep. with all of those things. And come up with a much more isolated uh estimation of a player's performance um so you can so you can strip out the fact that this guy happens to get a bunch of minutes with a vetchkin kind right. of thing right yeah yeah it's like you know i could probably get a couple points in the nhl if you put me with mcdavid and, and mckinnon on the same line like i just stand there eventually it'll hit me and then mcdavid will go score a goal you know <laughs> but um <laughs> It's, it's obviously not perfect because a lot of people do play on the same line quite a bit. Um, and so the less, you know, variety there is amongst, you know, lines getting shifted up, uh, the harder it is to account for it. But um, there's usually some uh, moving stuff around that can, can help you figure that out, which is pretty cool. Like trying to figure out like what last year's replacement level player was mm-hmm. to be able to say like we would expect like over time like even on offense like how many expected goals did you have versus what you scored and then saying well more than likely we would expect this guy to regress 10 percent closer to the mean than he was if he's you know 30 percent higher just because he's, yeah, he he's scoring on 15 percent of his shots instead of the average of eight or whatever yeah granted at college it does seem far more likely that certain players will always skew outside of the mean yeah that is something that's uh there's definitely interesting kind of I'm kind of coming from having done a little bit of analysis and reading and listening to a lot of analysis about the NHL um, where things are a lot more stable. There's a lot more data points. There's a lot more consistency of which players are on which teams. And there's just more parity um, than there is in college hockey. So it's interesting coming in and trying to do it in college hockey um, to be like, well, okay, you know, you would expect, you know, for example, uh, home teams are generally win like 55% of their games compared to away teams who win about 45% of their games. Uh, in college hockey, I just did the math on that a little while ago. That was just something I thought of it to him. But if you look at it, it's like, okay, cool. Like that's about what you expect to see. And then I was looking at 
Minnesota State's stats for that, and they were like 80% wins at home. And I was like, okay, well, that's just dumb. <laughs> They're like, over the last three years, like Minnesota State just basically doesn't lose at home. And it's like, okay, well, that that just yeah. breaks you. What did, your what did, uh, and Ferris was like 27% or something. It was just like, oh, this is sad. <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, I think, yeah. I think, uh, Shane was on last week and said that. No, the Northern Michigan win against Minnesota State was like the whole first home loss in like mm. over two seasons. Yeah. Oh, that was that was the one thing that I, that was or one of the things that I did here that was interesting in the Joe Sean hour this today. Uh, Dirk had mentioned that this series that Tech just had played against Minnesota State was the first time since 2018 that Minnesota State had played a conference series and hadn't won at least one game in regulation. Since December of eighteen, yeah, I know. It's like forty yeah. series or something I, like that. I think, yeah, Dave Ellis is the one that fed <sighs> yeah, that. Uh, yeah, and Ellis the only thing that. that I, I want, I, I think that's correct. It was a little iffy on how they worded it. So it's either this is the first time they haven't gotten at least three points on a weekend, or the, like I'm not sure if there was a weekend where they got three points they, by two ties that they, went to overtime. But, but I think they're. Yeah. I know. I I just I think I think you're correct in the way you said it, but it was a little confusing. They said it a couple different times, yeah. and I'm not sure exactly what Dave Ellis meant, but I'm pretty sure you're right that they had, they had at least won one game in regulation in every series. Yeah. First time that they got less than three points on a weekend in the W or in the CCHA or WCHA in like yeah, it was the WCHA. Yeah, the dub chaw, dub chaw. <laughs> There you go, right there. For, <laughs> watching the video, the dub chaw represents. <laughs> I mean, speaking of like our level, like our our account is based. We're looking at the same thing that all the right. teams do. Like, <laughs> yes, I, I it is it so, just, no, okay. Yes, the data is there. The data is there. Yes, what I'm um, trying to say is that your your hobbyist take on doing this seems to be taking it more seriously, putting it in a better an easier to digest manner than a lot of teams seem to be doing, like even. And I um, think that's a big reason Joe like reached out to you is because the way you are able to graph things out in such a digestible manner where I can sit there and take 15 minutes and be like, oh, that's how tech did the past weekend according to the numbers is just like I think that's where our uh our viewership, our following really resonates with your content because it's just a really quick, like, this is a, like a really high level thing that like, even though like coaches and like scouts in the league have access to this, you're actually taking it and putting it in a way that people can understand. So. I appreciate that. Uh, that is something I try and do a lot. Uh, I think that is, that is what I try and do with the articles. And I think I've been doing a pretty good job with that. Um, and but I guess what I was trying to say there is what I've been doing with the articles is more looking at what the results have been and trying to predict what they will be in the future and not necessarily trying to find ways to improve those results, which is a, a pretty that's, key difference. Yep. That's a hard step to take. Oh, absolutely. That's <laughs> like, more than I, that's like way I more think, than I expected like, to take. Like oh, that's a really yeah, hard I, I, step no. to take, especially from the perspective of like 
we don't have coaching backgrounds. So how do you turn oh, yeah. the data into actionable things? It's right. really a, yeah, a that... coaching thing where like, I don't like it. I'm, I'm so happy that we have these numbers now. So it's a lot easier for me to back up the fact that like one of the problems with hockey has for me has always been, I feel like I have a pretty good sense of whether or not the team is playing well, absent the score. I like, and you can tell that in Discord when I'm the one that's like, calm the fuck down, calm down guys. everybody. <laughs> it's not what you think it is. It's yes, time for it's everybody to stop being toxic because we're not 10 goals on the board. Right. <laughs> As, uh, uh, and, kind of reminds- but now we have these expected goal charts to turn around and go, see, look, like <laughs> this is what happened. And then, like, I'm just because we're doing advanced stats right now. I just went and pulled up the Corsi and Fenwick for college hockey and the and Tech is actually not very good at total Corsi or Fenwick, but I've noticed that they are like top 20 in the country in uh the both Fenwick and Corsi when it comes to a close game. So in in the moments where the game is close they are the best one of like they're up there near the top top third yeah. at least yeah yeah the top third like minnesota state and bemidji state are the only other teams in the conference above them in those numbers yeah, yeah. Uh, that and that's something... what you and that's important that you that you can tell that like and i think some of that is a young team when the game is wider they're letting the other team back in the game and that's why they're slumping in their totals but they're they have performed well for the most part in the pressure moments when when the game's close and and like and that's what's been kind of surprising other is that this team this has weekend, unfortunately well but that's that to be fair that's also like the toughest competition they oh yeah like i didn't expect us to be in the situation for them to have a chance to perform even well and then you uh, also but... and then the other thing too is like Especially when you look at Frank Devorney getting his first game, uh, Evan Orr playing in what his fifth game. Like I think Saturday night's team so. had a total of what forty games played. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about for right. the defense. <laughs> yeah, um, it was it was not a lot. I don't know how you could be anything but proud of the whole weekend, but especially how that that decor came together with the minimal experience they had and. Held holding holding a very good Minnesota State team to two goals. I mean, if, even if it was kind of heartbreaking how we ended up going to overtime and not taking all the points when we were that close, it's it's kind of tough to really fault those guys because I don't know what you're gonna write about for Saturday. Like, how, there's like no, there's no Minnesota like State data win. for. That's, yeah, that's basically all you can do because like for our guys, you like what's the sample size for that? Because like, for Devorney, it's literally. That this game, is the first time, yeah. you know, yeah. And I, I think just to kind of wrap up actionable things, I think that we, there's things we can speculate about, and like Augie's focus is always trying to figure out predicting what we can do for the future. But I think ultimately that's a, that's a coaching staff question. Absolutely. So it, it was 40 games played as defensemen, excluding Brett Thorne. And that's only <laughs> counting Crespi's all 12 games this year because he didn't play defense before this year, obviously. So, yeah, yeah you had 
Three three freshmen and a total of 18 games before that. Jed Piedela, who's a junior who had played 10 games this year, none before Mm -hmm. this year. And then Jake Crespi playing 12 games this year, which I think almost all of them were defense. And then you've got Brett Thorne with 75. (laughs) Brett Thorne nearly had more minutes played than Evan Orr, Frank Devorny, and Toby Haskinen combined. Really? The three of them had about one, maybe two minutes more than Thorne had individually. How many did he end up having on Saturday? 31 and a half. Well, I, I did say that before the puck drop. I'm like, everybody ready for a 30-minute Thorn game? 31-21, uh, looking at it right now. And I'm um, guessing, and then I'm guessing Topi had like 15-20? 15-40. Yeah, and then and Evan then, and Dvorny uh, had like yeah, 8. Dvorny had 8.54 and Orr had 8.38. So, yeah. so yeah, like, I guess makes it's, sense. yeah, about. Makes sense. Yeah. Three minutes, but I guess I know, I'm just doing quick math in my head. But oh yeah, I can look at that so there, much on Saturday. It was insane. Oh wow, that's yeah, that is crazy. Because so then, and Hiroshi and Livingstone also both played about thirty, huh? Yeah, they both. Yeah, are you looking at that uh, time and ice yeah. chart that I had sent earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> that's so much ice time. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. Especially That's... for college, where you don't have the NHL stoppages, right? Like, yeah, there are stoppages, but not like the NHL, where like it's a lot easier to play thirty minutes as a defenseman yeah. in the NHL because you're like you've got so many commercial breaks that are basically like two shifts yeah. worth of. I was, playing. I was about to say, like, you know, it's obviously a completely different circumstance, but playing thirty minutes would be nuts for a guy in a beer league you'd think that guy was just an absolute iron man thinking about that at a like very competitive level like college hockey is just nuts to think about like that that kid took his lunch pill went to work that day earned every every minute of rest he got before the northern series yeah that's interesting because i like i mean now it is worth noting that that game did go to overtime so we did get five minutes of uh, meth fueled well, okay. craziness of three on three, which is countered in that time on ice. Yeah, uh, and Thorne did play a good amount of that as well. But still, that, that makes sense. That's still because that well, that, no, that, was, that makes minutes even if played the entire five uh, three on three period. Yeah, <laughs> but that makes that makes some sense to me because I see that like I was I was confused initially why Livingstone and Hiroshi played like four minutes less Friday than Saturday, and then you remind me it. Yeah. They played five more minutes, so they okay, yeah, five that makes sense. Of, <laughs> now it's still that is still. I don't think they played four minutes of three on three, but yeah, they played uh, a little bit more regulation, and they probably played three minutes of the f- overtime, right? Something like that, yeah, yeah. Or basically, yeah. I don't All even right. know how they did it, but yeah. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A-Tech.net. We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. 
You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. So what, so, so what we've done, you know, we've got the shot charts, we've got the expected goal graphs, we've got the time on ice versus expected goals for the players. What, what, what else would you like to do in plotting for future stuff or where, where do you see this headed? What else would you like to get into on a, on a game by game basis? If there's anything we we've kind of talked about what we would like to be able to do from a yeah. team comparison season long type stuff, but is there anything else you'd like to get into on a game by game basis? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily something I'd want to get into on a game by game. This is kind of another season thing. Um, although it might not be something we do at the end of a season. It might be something we kind of update throughout the year, uh, but I would like to do some more like percentage uh, percentile statistics on individual players. So like comparing players to every other player in the league as to you know how many controlled breakouts they get compared per 60 minutes of ice time or whatever compared to everyone else in the league are they you know top 10 percent top 20 percent top 50 percent you know bottom 10 percent whatever you know to be able to kind of compare it to the rest of people like that that's something i'd be super interested in doing uh the goal save above expected i think would be really interesting as well um I eventually yeah, yeah. want to try and get that um, kind of like RAPM uh, adjusting for quality of competition, quality of teammates um, to try and isolate player performance. That's something that's on the list, but that's going to be probably, that's going to be a while before that's ready. Um, Cause I still don't really understand how it works. So I got to figure that out first and then figure out how to implement it. Um, but that's kind of like the dream is to get that working. Um, but I guess shorter term, I'm looking at trying to kind of expand the scope of what I'm looking at outside of just being just the individual games that we're looking at from previous weekend, uh, and start trying to compare things, uh, whether it's on a team or player level to the rest of the conference, to the rest of the league, things like that, uh, is probably where I'm looking at next. The one thing that I know Brandon and I talked about a long time ago that now that I see that before we started recording, Augie kind of showed us the the data file he gets, he extracts. Now that I know you get it at that level, I think it'll be really easy for us to do the um, the goals per two minutes of power play to try and create that functionality of seeing how efficient they are over the shortened power plays over the five minute majors that turn into two different power plays, or sometimes are just over one trying to create that, like that actual success rate per two minutes of power play time. And then the other one would be uh, like the expected goals per two minutes for power plays for power plays. The, yeah. 
that would be something that would definitely be interesting. Um, what I would need to find uh, is I don't know if there's actually if any of the data that I'm pulling right now, or if there's a way I can pull the data for it, actually says when a penalty was taken. Oh, really? So, okay. Yeah, I'm sure it's got to be in there somewhere. It's just not in the data that I have right now. So I'll need to find. Well, there must be something because you because you're obviously pulling ice time and it charts how much ice time each player has on yeah. a type of special teams, right? It yeah. says, so I'm it sure says yeah, I'm sure there. they have the information. Yeah. It's the data that I've currently so scraped. Far, okay. Yeah. The stuff that I have currently is all shot data. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does have like, was the shot taken on the power play? Was it taken five V four? Was it taken six on four, three on three, whatever. Um, that's all there. But I, the data that I currently have doesn't include like, was a penalty taken? I'm sure it's there. I'm sure I can figure it out, but that's something I'll have to, to work on to to get that information because I'm not going to like manually go through and say, oh, well, we took a penalty, a two minute penalty yet, you know, three minutes and 47 seconds into the second period, enter that in for each penalty that's taken each game. Um, that uh, that'd be pretty tedious, but um, I'm sure it's there. Like I know Instat has the information. It's just a matter of what do I need to do to be able to pull it in in a format that's useful for me um, to be able to process it. Uh, but yeah, I think that would be something that it's uh, would be would be cool to try and pull some uh, expected goals for the power play um, in, in terms of uh, for each individual power play, and then also for um, you know power play per sixty or whatever. You know how many you know expected goals are you getting on the power play per sixty? That would be something that'd be interesting as well to um, going back to the kind of comparing it to the league wide thing. If if I can get this set up in a way that'd be you know more automated uh, to be able to go through and say here is the expected goals uh, that your team expects to score on a power play or for every sixty minutes of power play time. And the expected goals you're expected to allow on the penalty kill for 60 minutes of time on the penalty kill, and then compare all of the team, you know, rank all the teams that way. And so instead of just looking at what's your penalty kill percentage, you know, look at who has the lowest goals, expected goals against per 60 um, on the penalty kill or something like that. I think that'd be super interesting. Awesome. I'm excited. This has been this has been so much fun seeing it evolve from just the numbers last year to the to the beautiful charts that help put it in a format that's very explainable. Uh, one other question I have about the the functionality of expected goals is like Tex was it the first goal Saturday night was like three grade A scoring chances and the third one went in. Right? If yes. I remember correctly, like we that, shot that at it from like the like right really face chaos, off dot, and yeah. then like then we had one um, shot right in the right in the in the middle, then it popped out to the left side and we scored. Right. So how do you how do you functionally accept the fact that if the first like do you understand like should we be ignoring the first two shots because the third one went in? Like, do you know what I mean? Nope. Because it, because it, <laughs> uh, 
no. I, I would say no. Okay, um, but you know what I mean, right? Like, because yeah, you're what talking you about, and I guess, right, cumulatively speaking, the odds of those three shots going in was probably like 0.8 goals. So it probably makes sense that we scored on one of them, right? Like <laughs> something right. like that. Um, y- yes, uh, but I feel like that's kind of, that kind of falls into the, Man, stats are difficult sometimes. It's kind of like a coin flip, right? Where if it's like, okay, well, I flipped this coin and it landed on heads three times. So now it's got to be tails. No, it still has a 50% chance of being heads. Right. You know, each time you flip it, it's unlikely that it will happen, but it'll happen four times in a row. But the next time you flip it, it's still 50 50. Um, Correct. So, no, I get that. Now, there is, there's more nuance to this, obviously, because it's not a coin flip, it's a sport. Um, And there is a thing uh, that I haven't, included uh in expect my expression goals model uh that is called uh that people usually call like flurry adjusted shots and that's not for mark andre flurry that's for like a flurry of shots where yeah. it's like oh we just had like three in like half a second something like that play right there um where you can kind of factor in that like you're actually more likely for that last shot to go in than you are if there had been not those two shots prior. Okay, because it, because you're because area. it's more likely that at some point the goalie will be out of position exactly. because you got so many chances in such a short amount of time. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's much more likely that it's a broken play where the goalie is already you know down or overcommitted to one side to have to make that save or something like that. Um, that if you end up with like three shots like that, bam, 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 all from in close it's more likely that that third shot from the same location is more likely to go in than if there had been no shots prior. And the first shot had been from where the third shot came from. Um, so that's not something I've actually factored in yet because it's complicated <laughs> um, to, to get that all working, but that is something that people have done uh, with various different expected goals models. Um and that might be something I'll try and add in in the future as well. Cool. I like it. Uh, anything else you want to talk about on analytics, Matt? Um, I'm good to go on that specific topic. Anything else we want to talk about specifically from last weekend series? Um, it's not necessarily specific to last weekend series, but it's kind of about it. Uh, just something I noticed when I was looking at some of the numbers today for that series is that Mankato did the same thing two weekends in a row because they played against Northern last weekend and then Tech, well, two weekends ago Northern, this weekend they played Tech. Um, and they came out slow on Friday night. Weren't They were not good in the first period either of the games. They weren't great in the second period, but they were okay. And then they were dominant in the third period of game one. And then game two, they just, ran the show both of them and it's just interesting to see that against northern and against tech the same pattern was there that they came out flat the first period of game one started to look okay second period dominated the three and then game two they just looked like the better team most of the night um i suppose i would be interested to see because to me it feels like the first two periods on friday i like i was i thought i was in a simulation like how we held like holding them to three shots through the first, what was Unreal. it like nine through the second? 
And then, of course, they came alive they had, like, in the third. something and, shots in the third. Yeah, ridiculous. and they, they, they managed to yeah. end up evening it out, which is incredible. But for those first two periods, I was, like, questioning when I was watching. It felt like the script was kind of flipped. You know, like, usually for sure. that's what happens to us, especially when we're missing when we're some key guys. Yeah, yeah when, we're, when we're playing Mankato and we're missing some guys, that's not what happens usually. So I was yeah, just, like, was wild. I was dumbfounded that they looked that good the whole night. I was, even though Mankato did come alive in the third, there were were very minimal times that I really felt scared that the game was ever like in question. It was just so wild to feel that dominant against Mankato on Friday. It was wild. I I think one of the other things I was thinking about, I don't know if there's, I don't know how much there is to this, but I think part of why Mankato looked so good in the third period, both of the games uh, was that we were just riding our top lines. Like we, we had guys playing, you know, the fourth line yeah. and second, third pair that were, you know, not, didn't have the experience, weren't getting a lot of minutes. And yet it was guys like Brett Thorne having like 28 and 32 minutes or something ridiculous. Like, but yeah. he had a game, like he's a good player, but he's gotta be gassed. Like <laughs> absolutely, and, and I also think we we got to think about the decor in the second game. Someone in the Discord said that I got a feeling that we're going to be like playing not to lose tonight, and that's definitely the impression that I got. Like they played not to lose in an incredible fashion and made it down to the last minute before you know giving giving up the tie and having to go to OT and lose the skills competition. But it was which which night was the amazing. night Blake gave up the goal because he didn't have a stick. That was game one. Was it the goal in game one? Oh, uh, I thought it was the first goal no, of game two. That was game two. That was game right. two. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah, that was that was tough. Definitely uh, a banner weekend for Blake, though. My goodness. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, so good. <laughs> I think that you know the craziest thing to me about the weekend was just how dominant Tech was the first two periods, but then to turn around and basically have Mankato be twice as dominant in the third period as Michigan Tech had been over two periods. Yeah, like, to even it out in one like, period. Like Minnesota nuts. State, the expected goals were like two and three quarters to one at the end of two periods, and they were virtually tied at the end of the game. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, they, I think it's the old... Disgusting third period. Yeah, I, it, but it's it's the old adage, you know, you can't, you can't win a game in the first two periods, but you can lose it. And I feel like that first night, Mankato lost it. There was no amount of domination they could give us in the third that was going to. Well, I mean, there's another domination, and they almost did. Um, and I think Blake was really good. Yeah, I think if Pietro wasn't as good as he looked in that that. On both of the games, got to be more specific than Pietola. I said Blake. And then I said in net. <laughs> I think I know, that's enough. You, you got you got to make the adage. Uh, but I, I think if he wasn't so good in net, um, that's even less specific for you. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think Mankato played well enough in the third period. They could have put up four goals, honestly. Like. The expected goals don't say that, but like you, see, like, you watch them play, like they were nuts. What you laughing about now? I I was just subscribing to the game threads, and I see that Jay Z oh. posted the logo, oh, the waste the management logo, waste yeah, management instead of it's, Northern. Well I know. I said it. I said in the game one thread that that was well done. Yeah, that's nice. That's, that's well done. That's fun. 
Uh, we have fun here at Tech Hockey Guide. We certainly try. We do our best. Um. Yeah. And you know, Joe said, I don't remember if it was post game or on the the show today, but he made some comment at some point where he said he wasn't sure this team would win five games this year. I think that was in post game. Yeah, I think yeah, that was and- post game. And and like, I get where he's coming from, but I don't think I ever set the floor that low. Me neither. And the thing for yeah. me is that I think that Joe did the opposite thing that Damon Witten did in, in terms of predicting for his team because Damon is just like, oh, we we're predict fourth in the conference. That's what happened last time when we won. We're going to come out. We're going to run the show. We're going to be out on number one. And then, you know, they come out and they've had the season they've had so far. I feel like Joe has undersold so hard. And who knows how long we will stay at the top of the CCHA but just the fact that we've made it to just about the midway point and Tech is at the top looking down at everybody else and what we thought was going to be a down year, like, I know that I'm usually the homer, but, like, with the information available to us right now for a midseason coach of the year, who else could even be in the conversation than Joe Sean? Yeah. Well, I think some of it, too, is, you know, Joe has talked a lot this offseason like coming into this year and throughout this year about how much you know like he's how many times has he been through this turnover with the players who didn't get the minutes talk a big game about expecting to to show up now that it's their turn right Mm -hmm. and and in many respects this is the first time where joe didn't have bigger expectations for them than what they're showing and it shows that like he set the bar pretty low this year like and i'm not surprised because when we've had this much turnover it hasn't gone well but you have a guy like rylan mosley who's basically filled that vacuum very well from what he was to what he's what he's turning into now it's not very often where you have a player who was a role player that truly like that wasn't expected to kind of be more than a role player, at least from from, like you come in from the Alberta league. He was a Carlton place Canadian, but yeah, you had good numbers there, but your, your role didn't really expand that much your first couple of years. And now he's here. Um, But it's nice to have these guys actually stepping up to fill voids. We've had a lot more scrappy goals this year than I've seen in five years it feels like yeah they're getting some ugly goals and i cheer for them the same way i do for the pretty ones yep yep that is the the exact opposite of analytics i'm not thinking about analytics when i'm watching the game if the puck goes in the net that's a good thing i don't care how they got there. <laughs> they don't ask how they ask how many i don't care how bad the process was it went i don't care how sustainable the process was yeah <laughs> I, i'll care about that on tuesday when i started writing things was yeah, it was it was it repeatable? Is it sustainable? I don't care right now. Yeah, yeah. All I care is that Tech got four points this weekend. We can. Yeah, that's we all can, I care about during the moment. You know? Taking can, majority of points from Mankato, that is a big win for me. We didn't. We didn't. We got more than I predicted for sure. I predicted us to. I predicted us to have what happened. I I, I essentially predict, predicted the flip of this. I thought we'd be the one that would take an overtime or shootout and lose a regulation. So this is above what I anticipated i was very happy with the result i came i came so close to being right (laughs) 
Did you predict a split or I predicted a sweep. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You were you were like a half minute away, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yep. Uh but yeah. The only the only other thing that that is worth feels worth talking about from a uh background standpoint of this weekend and how the season's gone is we went from being a team that was bad in overtime to being a team that's bad in the shootout. <laughs> and I I'm don't okay know. Yeah. From, okay and from, <laughs> from, from a pairwise perspective. Yeah, that's fine. But from a getting home ice perspective, we've left three points on the table that like that we need that's to true. work on being better at that somehow. And I don't know why. Right. I'm a little confused why a guy, so the guy, it seems like predictably they figured out that, like, I I think Blake has basically given up the same kind of goal, like two kind of goals. He's either opening up for a five hole or he's getting moved too far one way and they just deke one more time and, and pop it in on the side he can't reach anymore. Um, but in a game situation, he seems brilliant on breakaways for the most part so i'm a little confused why he struggles so much in the shootout i think Um, it's a it's just a it's a different scenario like yeah because they have too much time honestly like yeah yeah, you think about it it too much if you think about it you think about it too much there's like there's unlimited potential with what you can do in a shootout there's nobody on you it's just you and the goalie yeah there's no all all you got to do is is like i think from a personal perspective, when I would play, and bear in mind, I was nowhere near good enough to even sniff playing for Tech. Um, no. Like, let's bear that in mind for a second. But um, <laughs> I think whenever I'd get in that scenario, it was just so different. Like, when, you, when you've got pressure, there's no time to think. There's get yourself to the net, make a move or two, decide where you want to shoot, and that's it. Yeah, you didn't shoot even do that. Just, you just... <laughs> A lot of times you're not even that. Sometimes you get up there, you're like, I'm gonna shoot and I'm gonna I don't I'm not gonna look at where it goes. I'm just gonna hope for the best. But in a shootout, in a in a one on one scenario, you, you there's a lot of like potential to overthink, to overmove, to 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 guess the wrong way. It's it's not quite like yeah. Yeah. There's also just a lot more opportunity for the player to do th- something creative that they wouldn't have time to do. You know, if there's someone back checking, right? You yep. know, you're on a breakaway. Yeah, you it's you and the goalie. But if you slow down to try and do a little deke and like forehand, backhand, something like that, you know, after slowing down, like someone's gonna come lift your stick. Like yeah, you're almost never is... gonna have three seconds, you know, standing in front of the goalie like you do on a shootout. Yeah, um, and this is what's always been my beef with watching Patrick Kane is like there's <laughs> nobody in the NHL in the history of it, that's better at slowing down to toddler speed, stick handling a billion times until the goalie overcommits, and then go on the other way. Like, it's a foolproof move. It works great. It's made him a legendary shootout player, but that is <laughs> never going to happen in a game scenario. It's true. Which is and part of why yeah. I'm, like, not super worried that we suck in shootouts this year. Like, it, it, obviously, it would be nice if we were doing better and we were getting some of those points, but when it comes down to... Like if we make if we're in the playoffs, right? Like shootouts aren't gonna happen. We're gonna play the game. And we've yeah. been looking better playing hockey than we have doing shootouts. No, yes. I and no, I I, I agree that 
much like losing to Ferris State in a non-conference game, <laughs> getting the fact that we're getting to the shootout is mm. is uh, is like the least bad thing that can happen because we're getting half a win in pairwise, and if we win enough games, it's not like from a grand scheme of things. All I really want is Michigan Tech to get home ice. I like I know they're first in the standings, but yes, this team could surprise and continue to do well. But a couple teams at least have games in hand right now. I forget how bad it is. Um, let me pull it up here. Uh, a couple teams didn't play last weekend, at least. Yeah, so Michigan Tech is in first place by one point, but Minnesota State has two games in hand. Northern Michigan has two games in hand and is five points back. Bemidji State has four games in hand and is seven points back. Uh, so w- the only teams that have as many games played as Tech are Bowling Green and St. Thomas, and they have 17 and 10 points. Uh, Ferris and Lake State are at the bottom with six games played and eight and two points. Um, I don't think we need to rehash just uh, how St. bad Thomas Lake State is coming been. for us. Yeah. Don't look now. Here I'm come glad, the Tommies. I'm glad, I'm glad we <laughs> played them on the road first and got that out of the way before because I do think they seem to be the team that they seem to be a team that's going to gradually get better all season. Yeah. yeah. And they, they, agree. they're very good at both uh, both the series we've played against them at home. They've been very good at playing sound defense and just clogging everything up in the middle and making it a nightmare to get the puck to the net and then eventually getting a breakaway and they've been good on the breakaway and that's been their entire strategy. And it's super frustrating to watch, uh, but it works. And when you're the underdogs, it's a great strategy. All right. I don't think we need to talk about anything else. It's already been long enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, uh, okay. To, just real quick. We didn't talk on, uh, uh, the yeah, Ohio Josh State situation. Yeah. yeah, I know, um, but I was gonna say real quick, racism bad. If I have to explain that to you, I don't know what else to tell you. Racism bad. Yeah. Don't be a racist. Yeah. The basically, I think I think all I want to say on it is I don't understand why the Big Ten in Ohio State took so long to deal with it. They obviously wanted to pretend it didn't happen. Yep. I don't understand why the Big Ten put out a statement basically saying we believe our official, but not enough to actually penalize the player. The only way that makes sense to me is if Ohio State told them, hey, he's off the team. We just have to work out how that's going to happen. Let's just try and sweep under the rug and pretend it didn't happen. Right. Like, uh, Like the only way the Big Ten statement makes sense to me is if Ohio State had already told them hey he's off the team we're just working out the details but the problem the biggest problem i have with he traveled with the team though like after their statement he went home so he played the weekend after this happened right or traveled at least correct yep so the problem the problem i have with it is my biggest problem i have with it is ohio state is an institution that should be capable of helping this athlete understand what he did wrong and work on being a better person. And I'm not a huge fan of him being sent home because I don't think that really like, I feel like they had the opportunity to help him 
understand what he did wrong and actually be a better person and work on things Which while he's not allowed goal, to play. Yeah. Instead, they just send him home and he's probably pissed off that some black kid is the reason he's not playing anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what my issue. There's that. And then I also just the statement in general was just so wild to me that somebody that makes more money this year than I'll probably see in my life made a statement that basically said we said two different things. It said, <laughs> we believe our official, but we don't have enough evidence to do anything. OK, yeah. so which is it? Do you do yeah. you trust not, the official you paid for? It's not. He or, said yeah. he said if the player and the referee heard it and the player said it, but denies it like if yeah. the ref heard it enough to call the penalty and you and trust that he heard game. it. Yes. Like, like you can't like if the ref heard it well enough to eject him. Yeah. I assume the ref statement. That's what does, he heard. Yeah. And doesn't yeah. backtrack from that. Yeah, and they stood by him on that. I don't understand why the league backpedaled so much on this and is afraid to do anything. Yeah, other than the fact that this sport is primarily ran by old white men. Yeah, and I, you know, the 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 thing for me is that regardless of about how you feel about me or whatever, I I want everybody in the world to feel the same way watching hockey that I do, and that may well being a possibility but i want that possibility to be out there like if you enjoy the game i don't want there to be any barriers to your enjoyment and if this is how um one of the you know largest names in college sports is handling a a you know like very sensitive racial situation that should have had a different outcome a lot sooner like what kind of message does that send to like like black kids that want to get into hockey. Like that's, it just makes it feel like it's an unwelcome space, you know? Yeah. It's not cool. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, I'm glad something was finally done. I don't think the right thing was done uh, from my perspective, because an institution of higher learning should be able to take the path of you are punished. You can't play, but we want you here so you can grow as a person and learn from this. And I think that, sending him home just fuels the racism fire that he has because he just thinks he got kicked off a team because somebody heard him say something that he doesn't think is anything wrong with. Yeah. At least that's my assumption. Cause he that's... said it. So like it just, it, it, it's, it's basically like the whole, like, uh, no, I'm not going to give you that. No, not, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's enough on that. Like, I like I'm very frustrated about it. Maybe if we actually get uh, Justina Shaw on the show sometime after I finally find my book and read it, I need to find it. I don't know what the hell happened to it. Um, should really dig for that and try and figure out where the hell it is or just buy another copy so I can read that book and get her on the sh- on the show here. Um but maybe I, I think that's all we really need to say about it. Um, we didn't preview Northern at all. Northern sucks. Their rink sucks. Bad. They should feel bad. They should feel bad. I mean, <laughs> their waste management colors. They're bad. I feel like this will We're be one of the more cool exciting. This will be one of the more exciting Northern series in years. But I think that, like Zameda said in the beginning of the year, whenever Northern plays tech, it just becomes a systems game and tech system has had the upper hand in recent years. And I would expect that to continue 
with the results that I've seen so far from both teams. I'm expecting oh. a split. We both win at home. That's what I would expect. Um, I'm no, gonna you, pick. I'm gonna pick Tech to come home with more than three points. I don't know what that actually yeah. looks like, but that's. My I don't guess. think there's. I actually think it's the other way because we're 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 we seem to be better at the Barry than we are at home in this series. Like that's the true. They do both teams do kind of like planting the flag center ice of the opponent's opponent opponent's rink. Uh, mm-hmm. like they did a few years ago. Uh, yep. yep. I think that's enough on that. Um, one other thing that I want to talk about is Michigan Tech is now ranked in both polls. The only other thing I want to say about that is whoever voted for Long Island University in each of the <laughs> polls doesn't deserve to have a vote anymore. Anything else you guys want to say? Augie, is there anything else you want to plug other than your analytics? You doing anything else you want to plug? Uh, I'm not doing anything else. Um, I'm trying to think of anything. Okay, uh, here's a question for you. Care if anyone follows you on Twitter before it dies? <laughs> no. <laughs> what What are some of your favorite analytics NHL podcasts? Okay. Um, so analytics NHL podcasts, uh, there's one called the PDO cast uh, with Dmitry Filipovich Filipo- and a rotating cast of characters. Um, there's one called the Staff and Graph podcast um which uh also kind of has the rotating cast characters but uh that was one of the ones that first got me into it um there used to be one called the leafs geeks leafs geeks podcast but that doesn't run anymore um but yeah uh pdo cast is probably the best podcast uh if you're looking for people to follow on twitter uh dom lushijin uh good luck spelling that one uh, <laughs> we'll get it in the liner notes, but yeah, it's yeah, got to be the uh, most ridiculously Polish name that's been on the podcast in a while. It's, it's up there. Um, <laughs> he's really good, though. He does a lot of good work. Um, uh, Megan Hall is someone that I want to shout out because she basically she does a lot of stuff uh, with hockey analytics, especially teaching like how to do it. So I learned a lot of what I did from some of the work she's done and stuff she's published. Um, She's also done a lot of really cool work on when to pull a goalie. Turns out the sweet spots are around three and a half to four minutes usually. I'm saying. Um, at least in the NHL. <laughs> uh, cool else. Uh, I, I thought, the, I thought the answer was anytime you were trailing. Isn't that what that research paper says? <laughs> I mean, That's not what uh, the research says. According to uh, game theory. According to uh, game theory, which is absent reality, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, Jay Fresh <laughs> is another really good follow um on twitter um i think it's jfresh hockey is his twitter account uh let's see who else is out there uh well, michael blake mccurdy um okay if there's anybody evolving else hockey you... evolving hockey is really evolving one. hockey okay they if also there's anybody have else a, you... a twitter account called evolving wild because they're minnesota wild fans okay uh, at least cool. they used to be nice at least they used <laughs> to be oh no what happened <laughs> they just got so obsessed with looking at Excel spreadsheets and CSU oh, files. Okay. They just root for everyone now. I was about to say, did did anything happen for them to like turn on it? Is there something no, going no, on they, in that organization they, beyond like, why I dislike them? They just got so like into following the entire league. They're like, you know what? We like kind of still root for the wild, but mostly we just enjoy hockey. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, it's a set of twin brothers. They're pretty cool. All right, cool. Anything you want to say, Matt? Before we go. Um, eat your vegetables. You're not my real dad. I never claimed to be. 
good. One minute remaining in the podcast. Well, that should do it for the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. Uh, we've got like five different levels. We did sort of get a new patron this week. I won't go into details, but thank you, Lauren Donati, for signing up at the uh, uh, the cream level, I believe it is. Uh, or silver level, I forget which the hell what the hell one the $25 a month level is. Um, maybe cream is the level that nobody's at and nobody ever will be because nobody loves us at 50 bucks a month, which is fine. We just it's a, a, it's a pretty serious financial commitment. Well, I, I said it last week, we just have to have a level that nobody's at because if I don't have a level above everybody, we'll never know if somebody would do it. So True. I just have to do it. I don't know what, if somebody goes to that level, I don't know what I'm going to add to the list 100. of things that they get. Like I have to add a, a Oh, you have to add something cool. Yeah. I have yeah. to add a perk, right? Um, you get a free subscription to my OnlyFans. Go- oh, no. That's, no. No, 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 no. That's, that's like a paper not view type thing. Um, at, put it like a $250, not monthly. No, I don't know. Put it like $100 monthly, and like at the end of the year, you get a free jersey or something. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we have to have a jersey order. I think the. Well, that's true. At, at the. At the t- is it after I figure I figure I forget what level it is, but at one of the levels you get a discount on jerseys. Um at a certain point anyway. So uh but yeah, we've got different levels. If you like watching us on YouTube, you gotta be at the gold level or above. You get the full podcast unedited. Usually that's posted Tuesday mornings. The audio is usually Monday night, uh, which is I think the big deal at the $25 a month level. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Chasing MacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. Uh, Matt, are we good on editors? You got enough staff? Um, I'm feeling good with the staff we got. All if right. anyone wants to write anything for Tech Hockey Guide and has an opinion they might want to post, I'm good with if someone wants to come on and write one thing or if they want to join the staff. If anyone's we, got a burning thing that we might find useful, then just let me know. I'm good. I'm open to taking the content anywhere. I'm just kind of... In terms of day-to-day workload, I'm feeling good. All right. I uh, The biggest thing is we need to figure out the JSON thing, right? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't understand that at all. I don't know if we need to switch our provider for that stuff or what. But, um, yeah, we, we got one of our former writers back. I know I bugged one of the other ones because he was at the St. Thomas game Friday night. I was like, you want to come back and write too? I got, I got, uh, um, why can't I think it? I got bros to come back. Why, why don't you come back too? So, yeah. um, now that he's done with his grad school, I think that was, or his MBA, I think is why he took a break. So now I got to get him to come back. Uh, we had two questions this week. Thanks for the questions. If you want to submit a question, we take questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. I usually post that post as public. So even if you don't have a Patreon account, you can ask a question on Patreon. We just won't give priority if you're not a patron. If you are a patron, um, as long as the question is not, you know, racist, sexist, or homophobic, we will answer it on the podcast. We we're we're basically obligated to as long as you're a patron at, at the white level or above. So uh we would love more questions to help kind of direct what you guys want to talk about. Um, and I'll try and be better about making sure I publish on Sunday the call for questions. Um 
Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends and leave us a review. If you leave us a five-star rating and drop a review, Dustin will read the review that you leave, no matter what it says, you know, as long as it's not one of those things I mentioned earlier. Uh, So let's get some more ratings and reviews and let's see what you guys have to say. Uh, The podcast that I got that idea from, they made Paul read the entire like first two pages of the script from the B movie. Say how much of the B movie did he have to read? (laughs) (laughs) Once again, thanks to your to our sponsors, Fibke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, and Livonia Technical Services. Special thanks to Mitch Lake for, for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McRezin, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. And finally, thanks to the Thank You Notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha